Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Still breaking down, looking at, and inspecting a bunch of things that we saw from Penn State football in the class of 2022, signing their class on the early signing period, but really National Signing Day in college football. So a couple things we didn't get to yesterday is what we're going to talk about on the BWI Daily Edition today. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We're going to take first a look at the receiving room and how it's shaping up under Taylor Stubblefield. Now, the problem for me is that the pandemic years have kind of all blurred together in terms of what year is what year. But Taylor Stubblefield, as a refresher, was hired uh, after the 2019 season heading into 2020 and uh, was putting together the class of 2020 through the, the COVID year. And this is, I think, uh, with the ground running sort of situation, a full class under Taylor Stubblefield and some things that are interesting that cropped up in that I want to talk about today. Also, uh, we're going to talk to Charles Power of On3, Director of Scouting and Ranking. We were going to try and talk to him yesterday. Some technical difficulties prevented us from getting the full conversation in. So we'll have a replay of that for you today on the BWI Daily Edition. But first, I just want to remind you, if you want all this information and more, and the and more it includes knowing about things before they happen, having the inside information on recruiting, which is the lifeblood of the program and is what you need to know to know if Penn State's on the right track. All of that stuff, insight, information from Greg Pickle, Ryan Snyder, Dave Eckert, and of course, Nate Bauer, all of that at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Sign up for just $1. 
Link is in the description, so you can always, on any of our videos, if you're enjoying the conversation, you want more of this from Blue White Illustrated, just scroll down, click the link, sign up, and for 12 months, meaning going into next signing period, the full season, heading into the bowl, you'll be having Penn State information, the best in the business, for a dollar you paid for yourself as a holiday present back in this 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 December. So sign up right now, blueitillustrated.com. Okay, so what I noticed about this class, one of the things that has stood out to me about the class of 2022 is its size, and not the number of players, literally their size. You look at these guys, Caden Saunders, 5'10", 160, Anthony Ivey, 5'11", 170, Amari Evans and Tyler Johnson are the biggest guys in this class, Tyler Johnson especially has that sort of physical, big-bodied approach to the receiver position. It's not that he's not fast, but that's kind of more his game. Neither of them are big. Six foot 170, six foot 175. And if we rewind the clock just a little bit for when Taylor Stubblefield first got to Penn State, these are the size of the receivers that Penn State was bringing in. Keandre Lambert-Smith, Jaden Dotton, Malik Mega. All of them over six feet tall. All of them with big frames to grow into and become those primary dominant boundary receivers and Parker Washington as you all know is big in his own right in that mighty mouse 510 201 sort of build so is that intentional is that something that Penn State is looking for in receivers and what is Taylor Stubblefield's approach to just the conversation of size because take a look at his first class at Penn State Harrison Wallace Liam Clifford Lonnie White all over six feet tall Lonnie White had everything you could want for in a football player and was so good he was drafted by Major League Baseball and isn't playing football anymore. But Liam Clifford, a big-bodied possession guy, slot receiver. Harrison Wallace, great speed, super athlete, but again, that's one size. So I asked him. I asked Taylor Stubblefield, what are you looking for when it comes to size in your receivers? Is that something that's important to you? Typical body type is always up for debate. I mean, people see Megatron, they see um, uh, Metcalf, and they're like, wow, like those dudes are unbelievable. Then you see some really small kind of receiver body, like Darren Sproles, who's really, really small, right? So there's almost two ends of the spectrum there. But if you really look at the receivers over um, like the high-level, high, high-level wide receivers, they're in that body body position of, I don't know, five, 10 and some change to six, one and some change, you know, Cooper cup is a guy who's from my high school who, um, I mean, he's what, six, maybe six foot and a half. And he's, he's making some unbelievable plays. So what we look for are guys that can be very uh, diversified in what they can do. You know, Jahan, if you look at Jahan, Jahan's a five, 10 and a half, five, 11, um, guy that could play inside, he could play outside, he can run past somebody, he can have some quickness to you. So we are looking for guys that can do it all that are not just, hey, you're an outside guy. That makes sense. So that's really illuminating as to what Penn State is looking for in their receivers. Before, you might have said that there was a clear differentiation between the Juwan Johnsons and Chris Godwins of the world that played on the boundary, and then some of the guys that play on the inside, like KJ Hamler and Jahan Dotson, when uh, Taylor Stubblefield first got here, that might have been the differentiation. By the way, Chris Godwin plays in the slot in the NFL. So you can be big, you just have to have the skill set, as he mentioned, to play both boundary and in the slot. And he mentioned a really good bandwidth of 5'11 and maybe 6'1 
as far as that prototype body size, the most of the best receivers of that size. And that's that's pretty spot on. Let's look at the NFL draft and some of the guys that are drafted in the first round. This doesn't mean that it's every receiver that's successful, but it means that these are the players that the NFL is prioritizing in their selection process. And if you look at 2021, I think it's pretty clear that that's the, the way this went. Jamar Chase is the biggest guy of this group hitting the high end of that variance that, that Taylor Stubblefield was talking about, six foot 201. That is not a big person. Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith was the, was the uh, Heisman winner at 165 pounds. Got to 170 for the NFL. Not, none of these guys are, are ginormous football players. The biggest one is Rashad Bateman, the amazing shrinking receiver, who was 6'2 at Minnesota and suddenly 6' foot when he got to the NFL. Rewind just one year. We see a similar pattern. Henry Ruggs went first. He went before anybody else. 5'11", 188, intense amounts of deep speed. That's what everyone wants, space and speed. Jerry Judy, Jalen Rager, all the in the same body type. The guys I highlighted are, are the biggest ones. CeeDee Lamb, much more of that physical possession receiver that's the traditional, you know, X body type. But Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk kind of hit the high end of what we're talking about here. And you could, both of them play in the slot. Both of them play out wide. It's about multiplicity. The prototype is changing. Because if you go back and you look at 2019, first off, it was a terrible class at receiver. And uh, the last prototype, you know, boundary receiver we found is Nikhil Harry, 6'2", 228. And he has been an unmitigated bust for the Patriots. So space and speed is what teams are looking for. And if you look again at the class of 2022 for Penn State football, not only do they fit that of 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot, 6 foot, they also have those skills. Anthony Ivey, you see there, I think he's got good potential to grow into that frame of being 5'11", 180, 195, somewhere in there. And he's got the legitimate chops as a route runner to do that, space and speed. It's all about creating separation and then getting yards after the catch and watch his route running skills. The two I'm focusing on here are, are Saunders and uh, Ivy because they have the most complete film. They have the most, I think, potential to play early and to be a part of that conversation. And just look at their ability to create space, speed, and explosive plays. And uh, Ivy in particular shows a lot of great physical ability as a route runner and a lot of great nuance. And Saunders has the overwhelming speed, agility, and acceleration that he has the, the superstar potential of being a deep threat at any part of the field. And his agility, his acceleration, and his release packages at the line of scrimmage are a really important thing to help him play on the boundary eventually if he has to. You see the vertical ability. It's all about what, again, playing in multiple positions. And that's what Taylor Stubblefield talked about. You see inside outside for both of these guys for Saunders and for Ivy. And that's going to be what they have to do because going forward, not all these receivers are going to hit that we've shown you. And some of them already, maybe you could say haven't. So as Penn state shifts more to the class of 2022, two important things have to happen. The first thing is that some of the, the previous receivers do have to pan out so that they're not thrown into the fire too early if they don't have to be. Secondly, as those guys mature and develop, they have to have multiple ways to win. Because I think we saw pretty clearly this year with Penn State football, if you don't have multiple paths to victory, 
a la how you get explosive plays, if you play a certain system or a certain scheme that takes away your fastball, then you have to find another way to win. And if uh, Caden Saunders and Anthony Ivey aren't going to break tackles physically and run the distance, they've got to have big physical guys that can go get those contested catches down the field, or those two have to have a complete game from the line of scrimmage down to the end zone as far as route runners, separators, burst, acceleration, and breaking enough tackles to make that happen. Because if you don't, you can be shut down. And I think that's the really the most important thing about this class is, as uh, Taylor Stubblefield said, the goal is to find guys that can do as many things as possible, and that includes finding ways to win. So just an interesting note as we head into 22 and we start to have this class integrated into the roster, some of the things I'm looking at as far as the future of Penn State football under Taylor Stubblefield at that position, because it's a very important one for Penn State football. Now, our interview with Charles Power about the whole class of 22, the director of scouting for On3. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Really happy to welcome to the show Charles Power. He is the uh, director of scouting and ranking at On3, which makes him one of my many bosses. So, Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you for doing this today. I know it's a, it's a very busy time of year for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. Um, a lot of action with this early signing period, kind of tracking all the movement with the coaching changes and all of that. I mean, I think this year is about as eventful on that front as uh, we've had in a while. So, yeah, a lot going on for sure. The first thing you said derailed me from what I was thinking about because that is something that has been a big part of the uh, overall college landscape outside of Penn State is, is the movement of, of head coaches. How much of an effect has it had on what you've seen in the college football landscape and who do you think has benefited the most in that sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I in, in terms of who's benefited the most, I think the – the teams that, you know, have some continuity. Um, I, I definitely think teams that are looking to sign full classes, like, you know, take up upwards of, of 20 plus players, it's an advantage for because there's just a lot of high school players that are available now. I think you're seeing class sizes smaller nationally with teams keeping spots over for the transfer portal. So I think if, if you're looking to have more high school signees, um, I think that like it kind of helps, um, you know, with, with, with your class rings. I, you know, I, th- I think there's some some good players to be had there. So, um, you know, I, I I think schools that that are like like in Alabama, for instance, um, you know, Clemson had a lot of turnover with their assistants, and they had two of t- Clemson's top commits decommitted and were on campus at Alabama. I think eight, Texas A&M is one as well. I mean, they they lost their defensive coordinator, um, but other than that, I mean, I think they're a team as well. I think Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. I mean, the the or, sorry, Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, I think the three schools that have the highest, um, that are currently the highest rated classes for on three, I think those are the ones that you're kind of seeing come in on national players who are kind of up in the air. Um, but the, the new the new staffs, you're talking about a, a week or two turnaround uh, from getting hired. So it's really hard to expect a whole lot from, from new staff. So I think the staffs that can kind of stay in place are, are definitely 
seeing a, a pretty good benefit here. Penn State has weathered a bit of that storm with Brent Prime moving on. And, uh, you know, there, there's always some news. There's always an undercurrent of things going on. And just uh, for the record, we are recording this uh, a day ahead of time to work with Charles' schedule. So if there's any other news or movement that is happening, it has happened after we've talked here. But Penn State, one of those larger classes, one of those teams that has uh, room for a, a large class. Let's start from a big picture and work our way down to some individual players. What is your overall thought on the Penn State recruiting class in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this has to be one of the best classes that James Franklin signed um, since he's been to Penn State. I mean, I think it's it's right up there with maybe his 2019 class in terms of the, the rankings. Um, and I think you can maybe argue in terms of impact players, once you factor in Drew Aller, like there's an argument to be made this is could be James Franklin's best class in terms of on-field impact. Um and, you know, valuing the quarterback position like we kind of all do. Um, so I, I think it's got to be one of his best for sure. Uh, and it's just, you know, quality throughout. It has some difference makers at the top with Drew Aller and Nick Singleton. I mean, those are two guys who are, you know, at the top of their position nationally. Um, and, and then you kind of go all the way through. I think, you know, Danny Dennis Sutton is, is extremely good, um, a guy who, you know, I think has a probably maybe a little bit of a higher ranking ceiling than maybe perceived because he you know missed like some time and yeah you know didn't really get to see a ton of from him as a junior and he had a good senior year. So look, one guy we're looking forward to seeing on the All Star circuit. Um, and they just you know I think there's just really good players all the way throughout. I mean, you talk about like the two junior college guys. I think could make an impact. Um, it's just a very well rounded class. You're talking about 25 signees and it's kind of quality throughout and then and then difference makers at the top which i think is kind of what you want when you're you know trying to to, to build a roster so is there an area you think it's strongest i know you, you just said it's strong throughout got great depth of of uh positions and and talent mm -hmm. is there an area do you think that they hit a home run and uh you know the the, the five-star guys are, are there but is there maybe a position group or uh, individual players that you think stand out that way i mean i i I, it's not to sound cliche, but I mean, I had to start out with quarterback just because yeah. I, I think Drew Aller is, is the best quarterback that James Franklin signed at Penn State. It's probably not even close in that regard. And you look at Penn State's roster, I think you could argue Penn State has kind of had a playoff caliber roster, but they've really been missing the the, the trigger man um, in terms of being a difference maker, a guy who you feel like you can go out and, you know, compete with the top, like the top teams every single, you know, week. Um and just for honest on a season season basis so i i got i got to start with him i i think i mean running back obviously adding katron allen with nick singleton i mean katron allen's probably not talked about as much as nick singleton but yeah. he had a really good year at img um and, and kind of really carried that team in some games that they were that were you were closer than you would have thought um so i i think that's one um you know i i think linebacker they added some 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 good depth there uh, i think abdul carter is a guy who you know, kind of fits the Penn State mold when you think of like a, a tall, big, fast uh, linebacker, a guy who can make a lot of plays. Uh, you can blitz with him. And, you know, in terms of numbers, I think they did, they did pretty good there. And then and then I would probably say safety. Um, you know, K.J. Winston was one who we moved up in the rankings as, as a senior. I mean, a really good senior video. Didn't get to see as much of him as a junior, so we kind of just wanted to see what he looked like um, as a senior. Uh you know, uh, Tyrese Mills adding to the safety group. So those are probably my main ones, quarterback, running back, uh, linebacker with a dual Carter in, in safety. But I mean, it's a, like, like we said earlier, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very well-rounded class. I mean, it's, it's hard to find a lot of holes here. Um, 
they, they hit a lot of different positions for sure. Nick Singleton, as you mentioned, top running back, also Gatorade National Player of the Year was announced yesterday. Uh, so let's go into quarterbacks then. Let's talk about Drew Aller and what you've seen of him. Uh, so when you are describing Drew Aller, if you had to put him into a two-sentence pitch or something like that, mm-hmm. where are you starting with what you like about Drew Aller? Because you, as you said, you're very high on him. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the first thing is the arm talent. And when, when, we, when we talk about arm talent, obviously that, that defaults to a strong arm, which he really ha- does have a strong arm. But I think the thing that separates him in, ter- you know, in terms of the talent versus arm strength is the fact that he can make a wide variety of throws. He can layer the ball. He throws with touch. He's not a guy who's just out there you know, throwing fastballs. Um, so I, I think the, the arm talent, the ability to layer throws, and like the spatial awareness and second reaction plays, um, you know, for a guy who you look yeah. at him and you, He's 6'5", 230, you kind of think, okay, it's like a pure pocket quarterback, which is really probably what he projects to long-term. But he's making plays, you know, improvisational plays. He's, um, you know, seeing the defense and, and reading leverage and, and reacting. He's not a guy who is just a, a one-read, one-two-read guy. I mean, he's making a lot of um, high-level improvisational second reaction plays, which I think when you're evaluating quarterbacks, that's something nowadays that is really valuable. Um, yeah. So, so that would be my my two things with him is the arm talent and then just just the instincts and, and spatial awareness. Um, so yeah, I think that's what what separates him in this in this quarterback class right now. Yeah. One of the things I, I said about him in my evaluation here for the YouTube channel of Blue White Illustrated is some of his on the move throws you could use his teach tape for the ability to throw mm-hmm. off platform and to do it with good mechanics and and have yeah. accuracy throughout. Uh, when it comes to uh, Bo Prabula, the other quarterback in the class, a three-star by on three. What are you seeing on film with him? And I guess, uh, what do you view his game as? If Aller's the arm strength and, and some of those mm-hmm. things, what are his strengths as a quarterback? Yeah, I think, I mean, he's kind of in that in that Trace McSorley mold as a guy who's like an athlete, can do a lot of different things with his legs, tough, um, very productive high school player. Um, you know, not the prototypical measurables or just pure throwing talent of, of Aller, but he's a guy that you can go out and could win you games um, just kind of with his, his athleticism, greediness, pick up, you know, first downs with his legs, um, you know, and, and, can, and can make throws as well. But, he, but he's just a kind of a different type of quarterback. I would yeah, compare him more to like the, the Trace, Trace McSorley type for sure. So let me ask you about this, too, because this is something I'm always interested in is, is growth projection of a guy who's 6'2", 205, you mentioned, not the strongest arm in the world. How do you build that into your evaluation of a guy maybe that has a frame to add weight but doesn't have the natural arm strength? So, you know, one plus one could get you to two, maybe. Mm-hmm. But how, I guess how do you view the, the development pattern of guys when you're ranking them and you're evaluating quarterbacks when it comes to what they could be in the future? Or do you not do that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you you have to look at it from a, from a, a long term point of view. I mean, we're all, all our rankings are really based off of you know the, the NFL draft is something that we that we study closely because that's just the uh, you know really the only other t- point in you know these prospects' careers where they're really kind of ordered um, yeah. and, and selected, and it, that's probably the best indicator we have of college impact, honestly. So, um, in, in terms of being able to um, numerically measure. So, uh, so I would, I would say in, in terms of assessing like arm strength potential, you probably look at like, look at mechan- throwing mechanics, how they throw, where they generate their, their power from. Um, I think guys who throw with, with hip torque tend to see their, um, 
you know, arm strength in, increase probably a little, a little better, mm-hmm. uh, you know, frame as well. I mean, hand size, there's a lot of different things, kind of metrics you can look at to assess, you know, progression. And then there's something, I mean, some of it's honestly hard, hard to predict. Um, but, but those, those would kind of be the main things that we, I think we have available that, that we try to look at. I love it. I, I, I love talking about that stuff. So uh, I love seeing the insight that yeah. you have. Uh, Charles Power with us, the director of uh, scouting and ranking at On3, talking about quarterbacks, Penn State class of 2022. Some of the other players that I think are interesting, maybe Penn State fans don't know as much about, a critical guy because he's one of the few at the position is Cam Miller at corner, played as a junior at quarterback, then transferred to uh, Trinity Christian Academy in Florida to play corner full-time his senior season. How did that transition go? What did you see from him on film, and what can Penn State fans expect from that player? Yeah, I, I think it, it was interesting to kind of see him, you know, transfer. He was a guy who was really, like, kind of like, like, like you said, an athlete, quarterback. Um, I think maybe played some safety at his other school. So, I honestly, we I like to see that, um, that multi-positional versatility w- when looking at defensive back prospects. There's a high correlation with, with those kind of players that end up being really good in college and ultimately drafted pretty high in the NFL. So that's a positive. I think, um, you know, seeing g- going to play at a top program like, like Trinity Christian probably helped him focus on, like, his technique, maybe made him probably maybe ready to play a little sooner, I would yeah. say, at Penn State. Might have not maybe affected his, like, long-term um, potential. But I, I think in terms of, you know, getting the technique down, concentrating on corner, um, you know, playing on an Island, like they won the state championship this year. They, they don't play in the highest class, but I mean, I, I think he's, he, the, he saw reps against good teams, um, you know, in, in Jacksonville this year. So I, I think, um, you know, that experience probably would help him get on the field earlier, if anything, I think at, at, at Penn state. So, you know, good, good athlete, good size, um, good feet. And I think that the the technique probably would be the biggest advantage of of making that move. Yeah, I always I always feel better when I see it on the high school level from guys who mm-hmm. played quarterback and then they transition to a position later, so that you can kind of see how that athleticism translates to their individual positions. So one last thing I want to get you out of here on, and Charles Power joining us today on our uh, signing day recap show. What is on three RPM? I know something we're very excited about. Can you tell people what RPM is and, and what we're doing at on three with it? Yeah. So it stands for recruiting prediction machine and it is the mechanism with which you can kind of, you know, predict where players we or where we think players are going to commit to and ultimately sign. Um, I think that the thing that's unique about RPM is you have the expert component, which, you know, that our experts make picks and, I think the goal here is to try to make as informed picks as possible and not just throw them in willy nilly. So, um, because the important thing is, is really the, the percentage predictor that, that comes out of the formula. And one of the, I guess the proprietary things about the formula is it has machine learning, which factors in a lot of different things. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Like the, the technology behind it. Um, and, and it kind of adds a different element, um, to it as well. It, other than just solely going off of the predictions, it factors in, you know, visits, social media stuff. So I think it's, there's really not a product like this out here that, that combines the, you know, the AI aspect with um, the expert predictions. So um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I've been on there playing around with it, looking at stuff in the last couple of days. And I think it has a chance of being a, being a pretty cool, pretty cool feature for trying to figure out where these guys are going to go, which is, I guess what we're all, what we're all trying to do. So. 
just as long as it doesn't put us out of business. You know, it's always. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we definitely want the robots to take over for sure. Yeah. Charles Power, director of uh, scouting and ranking at On3. Thank you for joining us today on the BWI live recap show. Thanks. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.